48K News. It's 11 o'clock. Sean Kennedy. Here's our top stories. The government says all staff will take part in the planned three-minute silence during the memorial service for former President Jiang Zemin. New COVID infections fall below 10,000, but a medical expert urges the public to get a booster shot as soon as possible. And the Urban Renewal Authority says it's expanding its redevelopment project in Saingpun to create more open space in the Sunhing Lane area. The government says all its staff will observe three minutes of silence during the memorial service for former President Jiang Zemin on Tuesday. RTHK will arrange live TV broadcast of the service to the public. Wendy Wong has more. Tuesday's memorial service will also be broadcast live at the government headquarters in Tema. All 18 district officers will make arrangements for members of the public to watch the event live and observe mourning in silence at designated locations which will be announced later. All government vessels will conduct three minutes honk during the morning in silence. The weekly executive council meeting will be held after the end of the service, but the media session will be suspended. Also on Tuesday, national and regional flats at all government departments will be flown at half-staff and officials will not attend any public entertainment activities. All entertainment and celebration activities organised or funded by the government will be postponed or cancelled and officials have appealed to industry associations and organisations to postpone or cancel any entertainment or celebration activities scheduled for the day. Mr Jiang's memorial service will be held at the Great Hall of the People in Beijing at 10am on Tuesday. Meanwhile, tributes continue to pour in for the late former president. Political figures and business leaders were at the central government's liaison office to pay their respects to Jiang Zemin. Among them was Basic Law Vice Chairwoman Maria Tam, who said the late former leader had a close relationship with Hong Kong. I miss him very much. During two of my terms as a deputy to the National People's Congress, he came to visit the Hong Kong delegation every year. He was very familiar with the situation in Hong Kong, a city where the East meets West. I believe he also had a lot of experiences and had a sound understanding of foreign culture, arts and history. He was very talkative, affable and amiable. New COVID infections have fallen back below 10,000, but only just. Health officials reported 9,996 coronavirus cases today, 637 of them imported. 11 more patients with COVID have died. A respiratory medicine specialist, Leung Chi Chu, told RTHK the recent rise in the daily COVID caseload could be due to a weakening of the community's overall immunity, as the Omicron strain of the virus has been dominant here for quite a while. He urged members of the public to get the bivalent COVID booster shot as soon as possible. He believes the jab is good for everyone no matter how many vaccinations they've received. Dr Leung said it's important to again boost protection, especially among the elderly. Because the bivalent vaccine better matches the existing prevalent COVID strain, the protection it provides should be better and it may be useful to a degree in terms of lowering the level of transmission. Although it can't completely stop transmission, maybe it can lower it for a few months. A 34-year-old community nurse has been jailed for issuing coronavirus vaccine vaccination records to six people without jabbing them at a community vaccination centre in February. She was charged with conspiracy to defraud. Kuntong Magistrate Manny Watt said the nurse's action was a serious breach of trust. Those who received the fake vaccination records from the nurse were her household members and friends. Three of them were jailed for between two and three months. 
The new chairman of the Electoral Affairs Commission, David Locke, says officials plan to make local election guidelines easier to follow so candidates won't unintentionally fall foul of electoral laws. In his first meeting with the press since taking up the role in August, Justice Locke said he's received feedback from candidates that electoral guidelines are very complex. He says there are no concrete plans on exactly what to do yet, but officials want to make polls more humanised for everyone, including candidates. And on to the weather forecast. It'll be mainly cloudy and cool tonight and tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature of about 16 degrees in urban areas, a few degrees lower in the new territories. Sunny periods tomorrow with a high of about 21 degrees in the outlook. It'll be mainly cloudy in the next few days. It'll be relatively mild on Sunday and it'll be cooler in the morning on Monday and Tuesday. Currently it's 18 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 70%. You're tuned to RTHK. It's five minutes past 11. The Urban Renewal Authority is expanding its redevelopment project in Sai Yingpun to create more open space in the Sun Hing Lane area just off Queens Road West. As Ada O reports, some 70 households and 20 shops are expected to be affected by the new scheme, making way for around 180 new homes. The site at Queens Road West and Kwai Hong Street covers an area of just under 14,000 square feet. The URA sets the buildings there are about 60 years old on average and are in poor condition. But Mike Guan, a general manager for planning and design at the Renewal Authority, made clear the project is really about opening up the area. This is to restructure and to improve the belt environment, at the same time enhance the pedestrian connectivity and accessibility, walkability of the area. The project is right next to another URA redevelopment project on Kwai Hong Street and Song Heng Lane. Mr. Guan said the two projects combined would add more than 1,600 square feet of open space to the Song Heng Lane Children's Playground that sits in between the two sites. We adopt an integrated approach to carry out redevelopment and revitalization to provide new open space and uplift existing facility to meet community needs. A woman who runs a store in the area told RTHK the URA project will force her to move out. How can we survive? We rely on this stall to support our family. We have no idea what to do now. How can we afford the rent outside? It's impossible. The economy is bad as well. We don't know what to do. But the dentist, affected by the redevelopment scheme, said he's not worried about losing customers when he has to move his clinic elsewhere. If I'm doing good, they will follow me. We have the, we have the information, we will notify them. Or they, when they call us, we'll inform them where we, we have moved. A visitor to the Song Heng Leng playground welcomed the plan for more open space. Actually, I like it because, uh, you know, here actually it's so crowded. The tenants move in will be more and more crowded. The URA estimates that the new project can be completed by 2032. The MTR Corporation has again come under fire from lawmakers over last month's partial derailment at Yamate Station. During a LegCo panel meeting, members complained that the firm did not do enough to prevent the accident that saw two pairs of doors ripped off the train. Violet Wong reports. Business and Professionals Alliance legislator Lo Wai Kwok said the MTRC failed to learn from the experience of past mishaps in recent years, including an incident involving a set of doors coming off a train at Causeway Bay Station in December 2021. 
The firm apologized again for last month's accident, saying it plans to submit a final investigation report in two months and complete a comprehensive survey of its trackside equipment. MTR officials say they suspect a dislodged metal barrier by the side of the track caused a Yaomate mishap. Lao Kok Fan from the DAB asked the government if it could impose penalties on the rail firm based on how serious an incident is, not just the length of any surface disruption. This was the response from the Deputy Secretary for Transport and Logistics, Amy Wong. We do have a penalty in terms of um, delays. In our day-to-day communication with the MTRC or in our inspection, if uh, we spot any uh, irregularities on the part of the MTRC, we can, depending on the situation, take follow-up action. Uh, like uh, we can issue letters, uh, a letter to the MTRC highlighting all the procedures that have to be uh, undertaken to improve the situation. Questions were also raised about how the MTRC can enhance passenger safety in emergency situations. Thus, after dozens of passengers left the train involved in November's derailment through an emergency exit and walked along the tunnel to Mongkok Station. Roundtable's Michael Tin asked if the corporation would stop other trains in the vicinity if passengers are in the tunnel, while Frankie Yig, who represents the transport industry, suggested CCTV cameras be installed to monitor the situation inside train tunnels. In response, the MTLC said it would review its evacuation procedures. Turning overseas, President Biden has made his strongest indication so far that he's prepared to speak directly to Vladimir Putin about the conflict in in Ukraine. He said talks could happen if the Russian leader signalled he was looking to end the war. The US president spoke alongside his visiting French counterpart, Emmanuel Macron, who stressed that any negotiation with Moscow must include Kyiv. We will never urge the Ukrainians to make a compromise which will not be acceptable for them because it will never build a sustainable peace. If we want a sustainable peace, we have to respect the Ukrainians to decide the moment and the conditions in which they will negotiate about their territory and their future. But the Kremlin dismissed Mr. Biden's comments in a phone call with the German Chancellor. Mr. Putin described the West's current attitude as destructive and they said there could be no negotiations while it was supporting Kyiv. Poland has condemned a German auction house after it sold a painting that had been stolen from Warsaw's National Museum in 1984. The Kandinsky watercolour fetched €310,000. The BBC's Adam Easton reports from Warsaw. Kandinsky's abstract watercolour depicts free-floating semicircles and angular shapes on a pinkish background. Its reverse side bears a stamp from Warsaw's National Museum, proving its provenance, the Polish authorities said. A Polish consul attended the Griesbach auction house to try to have the lot withdrawn, but failed. Poland's culture minister, Piotr Gliński, accused the auctioneers of acting as a fence for stolen goods. The issue is particularly sensitive because Poland is still trying to retrieve thousands of artworks looted by the Nazis in the Second World War. Finance and job gains in the United States were unexpectedly robust in November, despite efforts to cool the economy. According to U.S. Labor Department data, 263,000 jobs were added last month. The country's unemployment rate, however, remained steady at 3.7%. The French energy giant Total is cutting its planned investments in Britain's North Sea oil and gas fields by 23% next year. It's blaming London's London's decision to increase a windfall tax on oil and gas companies. Here's the BBC's Simon Jack. 
The government raised the windfall tax, or the energy profits levy, from 25 to 35% in the autumn statement last month. That's on top of the 40% higher rate of tax oil and gas companies already pay. The French multinational Total Energie said the £100 million cut would see plans for a new well at its Elgin gas field scrapped. The Treasury today said the energy profits levy tried to strike a balance between funding cost of living support while encouraging investment. Sport now and the final group matches are being played at the Qatar World Cup. In Group H, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea, South Korea are battling for the final spot for the next round. Ghana are taking on Uruguay right now, while the South Koreans face Portugal, who've already qualified. Later, Brazil, who have also already advanced, play Cameroon in Group G, while Switzerland plays Serbia. And for a preview of this weekend's round of 16 action at the World Cup, here's the BBC's Dallith Lloyd. The knockout stage begins as the first round of last 16 matches get underway. On Saturday, the Netherlands take on USA, then Argentina face Australia. The Dutch and the Americans are both unbeaten so far in the tournament. And while the Netherlands are favourites, Greg Behalter has set his USA side up to be hard to beat. Argentina head into their game on the back of two wins and with that opening shock defeat to Saudi Arabia all but forgotten. While Australia surprised many by getting out their group, are into this stage of the competition for the first time since 2006. On Sunday, it's France against Poland, followed by England-Senegal. Defending champions France will feel their strongest side after resting some players in the defeat to Tunisia, while Poland will hope Robert Lewandowski will conjure up some magic after they scraped through on goal difference. England-Senegal, though, has the makings of a great tie, with many English-based players in the Senegalese squad. Aliou Cisse was captain of the Senegal side when they reached the quarterfinals back in 2002. He'll be hoping his side can pull off one of the shocks of the tournament by beating a team considered by many to be one of the favourites to win the title. Cricket and Australia took a grip on the first test in Perth with Pat Cummins bagging his 200th wicket as they bowled out the West Indies then piled on more runs to stretch their lead to a commanding 344. Meanwhile, Pakistan reached 108 without loss at tea on the second day of the opening test against England but they need another 350 to avoid the follow-on. Replying to England's 657, the three-match test series is England's first in Pakistan for 17 years, having declined to tour in the interim because of security fears. In golf, former Masters champion Adam Scott grabbed a two-way share of the lead in the Australian Open, while Cameron Smith narrowly avoided the halfway cut. Scott ended with a 7-under par 63 to join overnight leader David Mukaluzzi on 8-under 134. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, the government says all staff will take part in the planned three-minute silence during the memorial for former President, former President Jiang Zemin. A new COVID infection fall below 10,000, but a medical expert urges the public to get booster shots as soon as possible. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist Your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you My dear At twilight time 
And again, a very good evening to you. Thanks for hanging around and thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time, Mondays to Fridays at 11.15 through to midnight, featuring mostly music from a bygone era. If you'd like to choose a song, just email radiopeat at gmail. The first one is for Les and is a song from Louis Armstrong. Together at Twilight Time in the world Time enough for life To unfold All the precious things Love has in store We have all The love in the world If that's all we have, you will find we need nothing more. Every step of the way will find us with the care of the world far behind. We have all the time in the world Just for love, nothing more, nothing less Nothing less 